But Renew, today is a very important day in the life of our church. Usually every fall, we dedicate one of our teaching times, one of our gatherings, to talk about the vision and what we sense God is calling Renew into in the days ahead. And this morning, we are going to do just that, which JR and I, we get to go co-teach together. Uh, But this morning is going to be different than any other Sunday that we've had as a church. Well, you've, uh, you've, heard it, you've heard me say in the past um, that there are two words in Greek for time. Uh, we've talked about chronos, where we get the word chronology. And that would be like time on your watch, right? 3.45 on a Tuesday afternoon would be chronos time. But we've also talked about this other word more often, the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, kairos time. And kairos time are measured not by minutes, but by moments, And when we talk about it in a spiritual sense, it's God's inbreaking into our world. It's where He's trying to get our attention in a period of time, in these moments. They're pregnant with possibility. Um, Normally, Kairos moments, they'll make us bitter or better. Oftentimes, we say, "Uh uh-oh, or aha, or yes, Um, but they're never neutral. And uh, so we want to just take a, a few minutes to talk about, again, a little bit of this idea of Kairos moments. And The idea of kairos is something that's found in Scripture. And in Ephesians, Paul talks about this when he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Now that word opportunity for us is actually the word kairos. So making the most of every kairos moment. And what Paul is saying is steward kairos moments well. Be wise about how you're stewarding those. And then Jesus, when he is walking along the the Sea of Galilee, and he's inviting his new disciples to to join him at the beginning of Mark chapter 1, he says, it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. And he said, the time has come. The time, the kairos has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. He's saying it's pregnant with possibility. God is trying to get our attention right now. And because of that, rethink your ways and join with the God of the universe in this new way. Now, the Bible, interestingly, uses kairos time and chronos time. But kairos time is used about three times more often than chronos time. Because God, for God, kairos moments are where God meets us. It's actually where we change. In fact, you only grow and mature as a follower of Jesus when you have a kairos moment. They could be big and small. Uh, They could be uh, seemingly significant or maybe just very small. But how you respond or steward those kairos moments can contribute to our own maturity and growth. If you've gone through the men's discipleship group and the women's discipleship group, you may remember the kairos circle and how we recognize where we are on that and respond appropriately in those times. And our job as Christians is to steward Kairos moments well in a world that actually prioritizes Kronos time. While Kronos time is important, as kingdom followers, Kairos time is even more important. So Doug and I want to take some time this morning to actually recount the major Kairos moments in the life of our church over the past almost 10 years now. And a big Kairos moment was actually starting Renew in the summer of 2008, Uh, Megan and I, along with Carter, who was uh, just a few months old at the time, launched out to start this church. And we had no money, and we had no sending church, and we had no church planting grant, no love offering from a church. We didn't have a name of our church yet. 
we didn't have a leadership team or a group of people to join us. Um, all we had was this call from God to step out and to start Renew. And it was the scariest thing that we've ever done. And we simply stepped out, trusting God, being confident of what He'd called us to, and what we were sure of, even in the uncertainty of the other things, we were just trusting that God would show up. We sold our uh, house that we loved up in the Perkesy area. We moved into a rental house here in Lansdale to pursue this crazy dream of providing a safe place for people who were hungry and hurting, intrigued by this hope of Jesus, even if they had some hurt or some baggage from this idea of church. And over those three months, we met with people who said, you know what, I'm interested in joining with you in something like that. And so we invited a, a core team of people, about 40 adults, and I think there were 16 children at the time. The oldest child at the time was like eight years old, and it was Bria Phelps, uh, which is amazing to see her now grow up and be this wonderful young woman. And we met in the tutoring classroom uh, right over there, where many of our kids still are, uh, and we met in these little squatty chairs that were too small for adults to sit on. Uh, and we uh, shared each other's stories, and we prayed, and we opened the scriptures, and we said, God, what do you want? And we talked about ways to serve and, and, and also put structures around what we sensed God was calling us to do. But we had this conviction that we were here to serve Jesus in the region in a unique and different way, and that we wanted to be known more for our sending capacity than our seating capacity. That we all were sent out, as Joel said, as missionaries cleverly disguised as good neighbors Monday through Saturday, not just on a Sunday. And these were the early seeds of what would be called the Renew Community. And we launched house churches first, and they were scattered all over the region that actually met not on Sundays, but different nights of the week. That's how we first started out. And then we launched our first public gathering after uh, several months of doing just house churches. And it was held at Margine's Catering. Some of you remember that, uh, which is no longer in business, um, but it was on the corner of Broad and Hancock. And that was a big Kairos moment uh, for the Briggs family and for our launch team and, of course, for the beginning of our church. Now, another big Kairos moment was starting what we called the Renew Apprenticeship Program, uh, RAP. And we longed to see us grow beyond ourselves uh, to equip and to train other leaders and send them out. And again, to be known for our sending capacity more than our seating capacity, this made a lot of sense to raise up young leaders and train them for a year and then send them out. And since the beginning, we, that's been our longing. And so this year-long training program was created um, where we talked about the four L's. We wanted there to be learning and leading and loving and listening in, the, in our context. And we had Jason Sheffield. Many of you remember Jason and his wife Becca moved out across the country with a big U-Haul. Um, their, their first uh, son was born here during that year. And then after that was Doug. Uh, and then Johnny Radcliffe. You remember Johnny who's serving at a church not too far from here in student ministries and doing great. And then Ben Pitson uh, has come through uh, the apprenticeship program as well. And gratefully, all four of those leaders are still serving uh, and loving and leading and making a big impact on the kingdom uh, even to this day. So rap was this great Kairos moment uh, for us. Uh, but... We've stewarded that well, and I, wanna, I want Doug to share a little yeah. bit what that was like for his rap experience. Specifically, that was the biggest uh, Kairos moment for my family that we've ever come in contact with. Uh, many of you may or may not know that I was a youth pastor for 11 years before coming to Renew. Uh, and in the year 2008, uh, I began seminary at Biblical Seminary down here in Hatfield. 
And uh, Mare and I, in the midst of starting seminary, we began to wonder, uh, what if God is calling us to start a different kind of faith community? And, you know, I, I have ideas like this that come and go. Um, if you talk to me on Monday, I might have an idea. Tuesday, it's something different. But this would not let up. Just these things continue to come into my brain and these, these ideas. And, and we, we received unsolicited affirmation by people we knew, trusted, and loved, and people that we've never met before, uh, just in terms of uh, moving in the direction of church planting. And ultimately, Mare and I, uh, through some really unique God uh, moments and Kairos moments and events, found ourselves out in Kansas City uh, being assessed to be church planters by our denomination. Uh, and during that time, we prayed very specifically, God, make it super clear. You know, it's sort of like there's a green light, yellow light, red light. Red light, you shouldn't do this, stay what you're doing. Yellow light, you could do this, but here are some, some spots you really need to work on. Green light is you've got it and go. And so we just prayed that whole week that we were there for the, and it was, a, it was an intense assessment. And mm -hmm. at the end, the, you know, the, the psychologist that was there and the head pastor that was there just said, you guys are ready, you need to go. And so we, we left that, we flew, we flew back home, Kylie was still in womb, and we got, were so excited, but we discovered when we came home that there was very little support for church planters in our area. Um, church planting wasn't really this burgeoning thing within our, just our hemisphere and, and with the, the things that we felt called to. And not just financially, but even relationally, we found ourselves more isolated. And so Mary and I felt strongly that we were called to start something, but we also felt that we needed a community to come alongside us to remind us that we're not crazy uh, and to spend time walking with us through what some people have called the loneliest job in ministry or the loneliest calling in ministry. And so in January 2010, so this is two years later, uh, I was uh, pretty much finishing up my last year of seminary. I was really excited and I was coming back from a break in class, and a, a good friend of mine gave me a, a wanted ad uh, from a cork board at seminary, and I thought, oh, this is, you know, is there a dog or something? Like, what is this? And, and uh, I've shared some of my heart with him and with other classmates throughout the season that I was there, and uh, he, he looked at me and he said, this is called the rap program, and I thought, I don't really listen to a ton of rap, but whatever, uh, and he's like, I wonder if God's trying to do something in your life through this, and um, so I, I took this little thing, and, and, and what, I, what I learned about it was it's a year-long relational residency where the apprentice is asked to jump into the life of Renew and to discern where to plant, how to plant, and if that's really what God's doing, and then to send out with affirmation and love and support for the long haul. And um, so there was this name attached with this, some guy named J.R. Briggs, and um, two weeks later, uh, I, I, emailed the, I emailed him almost that night, two weeks later, J.R., and some of you remember Tracy Commons and I, we met at the Starbucks, uh, four or five box, blocks that way, uh, and um, I immediately thought after just in the midst of that meeting, I want to be part of this. Uh, not only JR's dashing good looks, but his vision, um, his vision to see the community, the church as an advocate and ally for the community. Um, and and this, this, this tagline, this mantra that we continue to, to embody, he said, no perfect people are allowed. And that starts with the pastors. And I thought, man, I am really at the right place. 
Um, and this excited Mayor and I greatly. Uh, he, he, you know, we said we would pray about it, but honestly, he had us at hello. Um, and the process for discernment with us, you know, we said we would do, we spent six months praying through this, and we talked to many folks sitting in this room, you know, Sam and Aaron and Bob and Katina and other people, uh, Elaine and Bill um, Borgard. We talked to a lot of these folks, Jason and Jess, and just said, hey, what do you all think? And we prayed through it, they prayed with us, and then um, I'm not, a, I don't remember dates. I'm good with my anniversary and my kids' birthdays, but on July 14th, 2010, uh, we said yes to what we sense God doing in our lives. Uh, and it was the scariest decision that we've ever made because it called us to leave what we knew. It called us to leave the security of a paycheck on a weekly basis. Um, but we just noticed God continued to kick open these doors for this program uh, to become a reality for us. And church, when you step out in faith, God shows up in the most unexpected ways. And it was just amazing to see how he continued to encourage us. And so in September 10th, I told my church leadership that I was feeling a call to, to plant, and, uh, and I finished up my day December 31st, uh, 2010, and in January 2011, uh, Mayor, myself, Caleb, and Kylie, uh, we came on as the second Renew Apprentices. And that was a huge Kairos moment for our church, but specifically, you know, and for the leaders that were in the apprenticeship program, but for the Moister family, this was huge. It was a huge Kairos moment for us. Mm, yeah. And about... Five years into our church at that point, um, there were some growing opportunities for me in terms of the Ecclesia Network, which you all know, the church planning network that we're a part of, um, and other things were beginning to uh, form and take shape at Renew. At, at, in the midst of that time, while these other churches in the region and around the, around the country were asking for my involvement to teach and help and coach, um, they were longing for input and some equipping and even some, some friendship uh, in that. And um, with the help of Jason Sheffield, our first apprentice, over coffee one day, uh, I said, I just really sense we're supposed to start some sort of initiative to help care for and shepherd these other uh, pastors and church planners and those, there's a lot of loneliness out there. And uh, you know how much Kairos moments and the word Kairos has meant to me. I said to Jason, it's almost like when pastors and leaders are having these Kairos moments, it's like they, they're lonely and they just need someone to partner alongside of them. And Jason Sheffield goes, why don't you call it Kairos Partnerships? I was like, it's a great idea. So I credit Jason for helping me formulate uh, starting this organization of this ministry, calling it Kairos Partnerships, and, uh, and, and really grateful to, to be walking along a, a side of different pastors. Uh, and over the past five years, I've been involved in leading different things. Some of you know we lead this unique thing called the Epic Fail Pastors Conference to help uh, leaders who've experienced pain and hurt to, to steward those well and to heal. There's been speaking and writing, and I've, I've been able to publish several books in the process, and coaching leaders, doing some consulting with Christian colleges and denominations and different ministries. And uh, again, working on staff with Ecclesia has been a treat, uh, along with another organization called Fresh Expressions US, uh, and all doing this in, under the Kairos umbrella. Um, and what I learned from Renew is really cool. What I learned from Renew on Sundays, I would take into the week when I would help other churches and other people and leaders that I'm working with. And what I learned there, I would bring back to Renew. And so there was this great symbiotic relationship that existed uh, doing, doing both. And so starting Kairos Partnerships was a Kairos moment for me, um, but also for our church, because in some ways that allowed us to bless others, and then also for these other churches and leaders that we'd come in contact with. Well, as Doug was finishing up his year-long apprenticeship program, 
uh, we realize that Doug is a shepherd. I mean, this capital P pastor among us. And with that wonderfully God-given gift that he has, we realize that the way that God has wired him, that directly leading the charge to plant a new church by himself probably wasn't wise. And so we probably need to do one of two things. We needed to partner him with someone else who might be more apostolic or entrepreneurially wired to kind of co-plant together, or that God probably was calling Doug to be a part of an already established church on mission that was doing things differently of trying to serve in and around the community. And so we realized that together. The elders recommended that we, um, that we do that, and Doug and, and Mayor agreed with this assessment. And they said, we see that. We think that's really wise. And so during this time of discussion, Megan and I realized that Kairos was beginning to grow, and there were more and more opportunities that were popping up. And we were also noticing how quickly in the year that people were gravitating to Doug. And we said, we need to pay attention to this. This is good for our church. Doug is shepherding in some ways that I I can shepherd a little bit. I'm probably a lowercase p pastor, but with a capital P pastor, we need to pay attention to this because there's some great ministry that's happening, and this is going to leave a big hole in the side of the ship if Doug were to go somewhere else. And so as Megan and I were talking about that, um, uh, and we, of course, nobody here wanted to see the Moister family leave, leave. at one elder meeting, uh, I presented to the elders that they consider a really bold move. Uh, I said, I submit to you all, but would you consider releasing me from being the full-time pastor at Renew to actually coming back to, a, 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 to actually hiring Doug to be the full-time pastor of Renew? And then if there's room in the vision and in the budget, hire me on halftime. And in my halftime role, to be part of kind of bigger picture stuff of uh, doing some teaching and some leading, and then making sure I'm caring for Doug and cheerleading and encouraging him along the way. And there was full agreement. In fact, there was even a dream that God gave one of our elders that said, I knew this was going to happen. It was a beautiful confirmation of that. And so we approached Doug and we offered him this full-time position just as rap was about to end for him in his year. And I remember that he cried a great deal. I hadn't seen Doug cry before, but he cried a great deal. And, and quickly he said that he and Mayor were asking the Lord, is there any possible way that we could stay at Renew, Lord? Is there any way? And so God's perfect timing was at work, which was really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just to even think through that year of the apprenticeship, there was so much to learn and so much even more so to unlearn. Um, when I started in January 2011 as an apprentice to plant a church, we were excited. We had a launch team. We were thinking Phoenixville, um, and we were really excited about what God was up to. And Mary and I continued. Uh, this is a dangerous prayer, but we continued to pray that God would make things ex- very, very clear to what we should do and where we should go. And so the hard part is about a month and a half into it, some of the things that helped us make this leap of faith um, to jump into God's adventure fell through unexpectedly. Um, we didn't foresee this coming, but the things just did not work out the way we anticipated. And so in that, I was extremely wounded, um, mm. but I was soaking in all that I could in the midst of this beautiful church. Um, I was energized by the Spirit week after week, and I loved hearing my kids. Every Sunday, we would go to house church or gathering. They would say, well, what church are we going to today? They had no clue. And, but what I started to notice is my kids started to see church not as a building, but as the people. 
And that shaped us deeply. Um, and so as the apprenticeship was moving forward, uh, we were so excited about what, what was happening originally, but because of some of the unexpected things, I had to start a carpentry business, which I really enjoyed doing, uh, but it sort of put us back a few steps in the midst of the planting process and the planning. And then on May 5th, 2011, while well, most of you are celebrating Cinco de Mayo, um, <laughs> I had a life-changing injury. Uh, I was installing a hardwood floor, and I, my hand slipped on a table saw, and I almost lost this finger here, and so I'm always pointing with it. Um, I'm not an angry, fiery preacher. It just doesn't bend, so <laughs> forgive me for that. Um, but it was a six-hour surgery uh, followed by five days in the hospital and then about a two-month rehab, and uh, that space, God met me and reaffirmed my call, and I sensed Jesus say in that, Doug, I called you to pastor people. It's time to give up the carpentry. And so a few weeks after I got out of the hospital, um, I met with JR. We would meet weekly, and we would just like unpack things and plan and pray. And he just shepherded my heart so greatly in that space of like unlearning and, you know, dealing with my woundedness and seeing Jesus like bring forgiveness so deep into my soul. Um, and I remember telling JR, it was sort of this weird conversation. Anyone ever had a weird conversation with JR? It's awesome. He gets super squirrely, and I love it. Um, but I was like, hey, I was like, JR, what if, and it was, it was a really, it was an interesting part to say because I just came at peace. Like, if I didn't plant church, that's not a loss. Paying attention to God is the most important thing I can do. And I said, JR, what if, what if I don't plant? And if I don't, can I just stay and be part of Renew for like a long time? And he pulls like one of those like, mm, interesting interesting. Kind of like stared off into space, you know? I was like, oh boy. He's like, ah, oh. He's like, I wish I could talk to you about stuff right now, but we'll just have to put pause on this. And I'm like, uh, okay. So two weeks later, I show up at an elder meeting, um, and uh, it was fascinating. Um, the elders, they looked at me and they said, what if God's actually calling you to stay and to be a full-time pastor here at Renew? And like my friends, like I cried. And I mean, I, I I don't cry often. I cry a lot. I just don't cry often in front of you all. I've shed tears for most of you. But I cried like I have never cried before because, and this is something that goes back to, Mary used to say this to me all the time because I, I, I admit I, I choose fear over faith many times. But Mary used to say, when we step out into what God has, we think it's like this big, but then when we actually do it, it's like, and it was one of those affirming moments when what I learned is that God had to pull all these strings to get me out of my comfort zone to put me in the place where he longed for me to be. Hmm. And um, yeah, so in 2012, I was installed as, as a full-time pastor here, here at Renew working with one of my closest friends, and yeah. it's been amazing. Like, it has right. been so life-giving and fun and just amazing. And there's been really tough seasons, too, in the midst of that, hmm. but it's just been so cool to see how God orchestrates his thread of faithfulness throughout these times when we just didn't understand. And this was a huge Kairos fam moment for the Moister family and for our church. To, to accept me as a full-time pastor was just such an affirmation of the gifting that God has called me to. Yeah, and in these last, you know, five years, um, throughout those five years, Doug's been full-time, me being half-time. We noticed that as Doug was growing a great deal, um, in confidence, in faith, in his skills, and his abilities. Uh, and because of that, in many ways, it was, it was still, you know, kind of the founder. And Doug was here, and so he's, he's full-time, and I'm part-time. And then after a while, we just kind of said, you know what? 
none of this diagonal thing. Like, we're, we're co-pastors, and we're going to call each other that. And so we really began to serve in that role as co-pastors operating side by side, and this has worked well. Um, again, we're very different people, but it has been such a privilege uh, for us uh, to be able to do this. And we describe it to other people as it being very robust because where Doug is strong, I'm weak. And where I'm strong, Doug is weak. And it really has become this great relationship together. In fact, many churches have reached out to us, um, have seen our co-pastoring role in its health, and, uh, and they've said, you know, we're, we need some help too to think through this. Will you come and help us think through it? So we've had opportunities to serve and to care and to offer wisdom and experience, sometimes even formally. We're coaching uh, some pastors right now who are in a co-pastoring leadership dynamic at their church in Michigan. Uh, and it's been a blast to pastor side by side by, beside a very a great friend. And so this has been a Kairos moment for our church to kind of operate in this system of co-pastors, which isn't very common. And so it's been wonderful and beautiful uh, to be able to do that and a Kairos moment to be able to help other churches who are doing this too and to help and walk alongside of them. Well, some of you saw this on Facebook, but uh, a few weeks ago, you may have read on Facebook that I've gone back to school and there's been quite a process. I don't have time. It's another story for another day in terms of the long process of that. But I'm currently uh, beginning uh, to pursue my doctorate at Biblical Seminary. I'm actually following in Doug's footsteps in pursuing my doctorate of ministry uh, degree. Uh, and I've already written three papers and read several books and uh, have a full day of class tomorrow. So I'm already feeling the burn already in my program. Uh, but Biblical Seminary and, and I have reached a really creative uh, partnership where I can teach a handful of courses as an adjunct professor. I can do some consulting work for them while I work on my doctorate over the next three years. And they've agreed to cover the cost of the tuition for me, which is a beautiful arrangement and uh, very excited about that. And uh, it's an opportunity that Megan and I, as we talked, we said, how can we say no to this? Like, this would be great. We, we need to pursue this. Um, so we felt it's something we couldn't pass up. And Doug and the elders and other friends and family members across the country all believe, they said, man, you got to do this. This is totally you. And uh, we believe it's a win-win uh, for me as well as for the seminary. And uh, this will allow me to be involved at Biblical and to continue to be involved in the many other elements of ministry that I'm involved in and have been involved in uh, in the past. So this is a big Kairos moment for me and for my family to enter into this doctoral program. And uh, hopefully a positive Kairos moment for Biblical Seminary as well as we're in this creative arrangement. Which then brings us where we come to another Kairos moment today in the life of our church. And while every one of our elders was in agreement that pursuing biblical seminary and this opportunity was a positive opportunity that I need to enter into, we also knew that this adds more to my already very full plate of ministry and leadership opportunities. And as Megan and I and the elders looked at all the things on my plate and the increasing opportunities available with Kairos, we knew we needed to ask the Lord for discernment in choosing where I best invest my time and where I need to be released from some opportunities. And my work with Kairos Partnerships continues to grow, and my new role at the seminary will keep me uh, busy, as probably busy as I've ever been before. And for the past almost 10 years, I've served in my role here as pastor at Renew. But over the past several months, Megan and I As we've talked, and as Doug and I have conversed, and as the elders, as we've discussed this together, we've come to the agreement that it's time. And it's time for me to transition off of staff here at Renew 
in order for Doug to lead more fully and to officially uh, be in that role with the future of Renew to be lead pastor. And the other opportunities that God is bringing to me for me to pursue those as well. And the elders, which of course include Doug and myself, are confident and excited for what lies ahead, both for me, but also for Renew. And, uh, and so specifically, uh, throughout the fall here, I'm going to transition off of staff at Renew, uh, and Doug will become lead pastor here at Renew. And God, in his good timing, has opened the, the doors for the elders to extend a part-time position to fill my part-time role to Ben Pitson. And uh, Ben has accepted that role, which is really exciting. And so um, this is great news for our church, and the Pitsons are excited for this opportunity as well. And we learned through the process that a long while back that uh, Jenny sensed at some point, not sharing with anyone except Ben, and not knowing how or when, that somehow God would open up an opportunity for, Doug to, or for Ben to be on staff with Renew. She said, I don't know how it's going to work out, but somehow... I really think it's going to happen. And so we are thrilled by the timing of this. And Ben coming on staff this fall, and I know many of you all are excited as well. And, um, yeah, and speaking of timing and God's timing, <laughs> um, one of the things that was mind-blowing for me and JR in the last few months is, and the elders that we've been sitting with this and praying through this and discerning with this was um, something very unique. Uh, God uses our... <laughs> Our, our noses, our, we're wired. Our, our, our sense of smell triggers things in our brains that we don't even know. That's mm -hmm. why when, when you, you know, think fall, what's the smell that first comes to your brain? Well, we had one of these moments uh, just a few weeks ago. So we had a great learning opportunity this summer as we experimented meeting at Holy Trinity. And then when we came back, um, we packed, uh, you know, Tim's, Tim's van, and we packed up uh, Dave Belecki's van and uh, the Hoover's van and, and our vehicle, and we brought all the stuff back over uh, the last Sunday night. And, uh, if, you know, I think quite a few of us were here sort of unpacking. I walked in the door, and I smelled <laughs> the, the cheap pine saw diluted cleaner with sweat We all know must. the smell, right? Yes. This pine saw. <laughs> no one would have thought this was a holy smell. Um, but I smelled that, and, and two things happened in my soul. It's good to be home, and let's get after this mission that God has for our church. It just energized something deep in my heart like I've never experienced before. What's interesting is Doug had that experience, and those of you who were able to help us set up, we had the side door propped open, and they must have just cleaned because it was even more pungent than normal, right? And so the doors flew open. And we're bring, I'm bringing stuff in through the door right by where, where Pat is sitting right now. And walked in and, you know, caught the whiff, right? And our olfactory glands, you know, it's the strongest memory trigger that you, our senses have in our body. And before I could even formulate a thought, uh, re reflexively, this is what entered my brain. I love these people. But I no longer have a passion to lead in the way I have the past decade. I love these people, but it's time. Now, we had already talked about organizationally behind the scenes, but that's what triggered in me when I smelled the pine saw. And what's interesting is Doug and I got together on Wednesday, 
And I said, Doug, so what was it like moving everything in? I hadn't told him anything. I just shared with Megan when I got home Sunday night. So you never believe what happened. I, made, I had this smell. And it just felt released emotionally. And I love these people, but I just don't have the drive and the passion that I've had for the past almost 10 years. So then I said to Doug, I said to Doug, what was, uh, what was it like moving everything in? And he said, you know, the funniest thing happened. He said, the door flew open and I caught a whiff. And I just thought, I love this and I can't wait to charge right in. And I said, Doug, I can't believe I'm hearing this. Because I had the exact same smell just seconds after you. And the Lord did a totally different direction for me. Isn't it interesting how God uses all things like cheap industrial cleaner? So we're actually marketing a cologne? (laughs) (laughs) So in the beginning stages of our church, what we needed was a spiritual gift set of someone who was a starter. And that's me. That's how I'm wired. And now almost 10 years in as we've matured as a church, these years of renew are best led by someone with Doug's skill set being much more ideal. And little did we know that 10 years ago that when we began a church community with the conviction that we wanted to be known more for our sending capacity than our seating capacity. That I would be the one sent. And I want you to know that through this process, there has been beautiful unity among our elders. Our church is healthy. I want to squash any rumor that may exist. Thankfully, by God's grace, there is no problem. There is no scandal. There is no division. There is no bad blood. There is no ministry failure. There is no major issue that's prompted this transition. In fact, I believe our elder team is as healthy as our elders have ever been in the life of our church. And as one of our elders said this summer, that this transition can work largely because we are a healthy church. And there's no better time to transition than when there's health. But just the discernment of all the discerning, we realize that it's time and that the time is right. And we don't know the exact time frame, by the way, of when, that I, when I will be done officially, but it will be sometime this fall. Uh, I want to be of help to the elders and to Doug and to Ben as Ben comes on in this transition, but I don't want to be in the way. And the last thing I, I want to be is, is someone who slows down what God has for us as a church. And so the elders will be the primary discerners, discerners of when it's time for me to step back and when it's time for uh, Doug and Ben for, to, to, for them to step forward most healthily and naturally, um, but it'll be sometime before the end of the year. Now, I'll spend my time this fall in a few specific ways, and one of those is doing all that I can to set up uh, Doug and Ben and the elders well in the days ahead, uh, to be a cheerleader for them in their new roles, um, and, to reach, and to teach at some gatherings. Now, the elders are going to decide, you know, how many gatherings uh, this fall that I teach at, uh, and lastly, to make sure that I don't get in the way too much to hamper or slow down the good things that are happening. But I do want to be clear. And this is what's really exciting for the Briggs family. While I'm transitioning off of staff at Renew, the Briggs family is not leaving. (laughs) And what's been wonderful, part of this beautiful unity, is that Doug and the elders have invited us to stay here 
and to, be, and to continue to be a part of this community that we love. Um, and this excites Megan and Carter and Bennett and me because Renew is our home. So we're not moving. We're not moving out of the area. We're staying put. Uh, Renew is where we can, will continue to worship. And while I won't be teaching or planning or leading initiatives or groups or visiting house churches, we will be here as a family, and you'll see us. We're not going away. And so while I'll be present, I will not be leading in a formal and official capacity past the fall. Now, primarily, I've been your pastor and your friend, but it's time for me to step back as pastor and now primarily just be your friend. So I'll be sitting next to you in gatherings and hanging out with you in gatherings. Um, so in the new year, we'll uh, have at some point, we haven't quite decided when or how, but we'll have some sort of official passing of the mantle ceremony here for us as a church to recognize the leadership baton being passed and to fully commission Doug as lead pastor and to commission and bring on Ben in an official ceremonial way. Uh, and it'll be a wonderful celebratory time. And that's coming down the road. But uh, I want to remind you all once again how blessed we are to have wonderful elders. My fear is, because you only know our system here, that you don't fully understand how rare this is to have elders like we do. Our elders have served and prayed and led for years, but specifically in this role, I'm so proud of them over the last few months, how they've served and prayed and led with courage in these conversations. And we've felt this beautiful unity in this decision and this discernment process as we all sense, every one of us, together, that this is right for Renew moving forward. And I trust our elders, and we stand with them in this transition. And as I mentioned, this is the healthiest our elder team has ever been. And uh, they have been kind and patient uh, with us as a family. They have pastored us. Uh, and sure, of course, this is a risk for us as a church. But risk has always been a, a part of the culture of our church. Always. So why stop now? We're going to continue to take risks for the sake of the, for the, sake of the kingdom. But I'm so incredibly grateful for our elders, and I hope you are as well. And I also want to just remind us of how blessed we are as a church to have Doug. Uh, I'm thrilled for Doug and for Ben uh, coming into their new roles here as a church. Doug is ready. Ben is ready. Uh, I'm grateful that, uh, that Doug won't be alone, that Ben will be joining in officially this fall. Many of you have told the elders and me, how do we get Ben more involved? I know Ben is graduating from seminary in June. How do we make sure he doesn't leave? How do we keep him here? Well, the good thing is, we got him. <laughs> and he's ready too, and that excites us a great deal. This summer, we worshiped over at Holy Trinity, and we were reminded that church is not defined by a building, uh, but a people. And now, starting this morning, we again are reminded that a church is not defined by a single leader either. And this has been and always will be Jesus' church. It was never my church. By the way, this never will be Doug's church. This is always Jesus' church. And we're just trying to steward the Kairos moments of Jesus leading his church here in this unique expression that we have within Renew. So this is another Kairos moment in the life of our church here at Renew. Just as I mentioned, Paul talking to the house church that met in Ephesus in Ephesians 5, be careful then how you live, not as unwise but is wise making the most of every kairos moment i want you to hear paul saying that to us as a church this morning renew don't be unwise but be wise making the most of every opportunity to steward this kairos moment when people have asked me so how are you feeling in the midst of all of this 
There's one metaphor that has come to me that I think perfectly describes how I'm feeling. And it's this. I feel like a father who has raised his daughter. My wife and I had this child, and this daughter has grown up. And like any father, I long what's best for my daughter, and I want her to grow and mature. And so she's grown to maturity. And in the process of that, she's met a wonderful dude. (laughs) And they started dating, and we're going, yes, yes, he's a great guy. And then we find out they're engaged, and we go, yes, yes. And I realized I'm gaining an awesome son-in-law in this process. And then now is the opportunity where I get to walk my daughter down the aisle and with great joy to give her away to a wonderful husband. And while there's joy and absolute confidence that this is the best thing and we're thrilled, it's also a little emotional for a father because it's a significant transition in a relationship. As a father, I'm no longer the primary provider and protector in my daughter's life. There's another man now. And it's a wonderful man, but it shifts the relationship. So my love for my daughter doesn't change. But my role and my expression with my daughter now does. And as the pastor, as the wedding ceremony starts, she's walked down the aisle, the pastor says, who gives this woman to be married to this man? With a smile on my face and some tears in my eyes, I say, her mother and I. I'm giving her away, and I sit down, and I think, in a few hours, I get to dance the night away on the dance floor at the reception because this is awesome. That's what I feel. That's what I feel. Well, Renew, I'm so proud of you for the ways in which you have stewarded Kairos moments in your own life and in the life of our church in these almost 10 years. Thank you for believing in me and for my family and trusting me to try this crazy experiment called the Renew Community. And now I just want to challenge you to think about this question, will you faithfully steward this opportunity now as well? I plan on stewarding it in the best way that I can, but I want all of us to be able to steward this. And will you continue to believe in Doug and in the elders and in Ben and this transition and trusting them to take the risks into the future that we've taken in the past decade? I'm so excited to see how we will faithfully steward this Kairos moment in the life of our church. And I'm so grateful that this guy and this guy will help lead in that. And that I don't have to miss out on that because I'm here with you. And my family is grateful for that as well. So we want to allow the elders to to come up and they want to just share something briefly and then we're going to just uh, pray in just a moment. But uh, yeah, so the elders can can come up here at this time. So we're just uh, very thankful for today. Um, A lot of of emotions, obviously. And we just want to encourage uh, in the the months ahead, in the weeks ahead, in the days ahead, um, as as this comes to your heart and your mind, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Think less, pray more. So take these same thoughts, and instead of worrying or, or being drawn into fear, as I think Doug or JR said today, push into faith. Hmm. Because we really feel like we're following this, this cloud by day and this pillar of fire by night, and hmm. this is what the Lord has for us, and we're following it. And that's the best place we can be. Hmm. So um, I was, I'm so um, just sitting there just smiling and and feeling privileged to be led by these two guys for the last 
I guess, seven years together and 10 years, you know, JR uh, and um, in that lead role, which is very privileged. And we will have the celebratory ser service that they talked about, and we'll, and we'll, I'm sure, have our dance the night away at that. At that. <laughs> uh, but today we just want to um, just pray a blessing over what God is doing and, and pray a blessing over JR in this new role that, or new direction that he and his family are going. So um, if you, why don't you come up here? And <clears throat> so Father, thank you. Uh, first off, we honor JR uh, mm. together. <clears throat> Can I get you guys to stand in honor? Mm. <clears throat> thank you. We honor JR together. Um, and we thank you for this man. We thank you for his life. We thank you for uh, just a beautiful, humble, honorable, godly life that he's lived. And that he's living and that he's pressing into and that he hasn't shrunk back from. And God, we just bless him. We bless the direction of his life. We, we bless the trajectory that you've sent him on. We bless the opportunities, the Kairos moments that you're bringing him. Mm -hmm. We bless the education that you're bringing him, but we also, we also bless all those other things that are part of that. Mm -hmm. the, the glorious um, things that you're leading him into through Kairos partnerships, through... Uh, through Ecclesia, through Fresh mm. Expressions, and all these other things that we don't even know about yet. Mm. God, we mm. say yes and amen. Mm. Yes and amen together for what you're doing in his life, where he's going. Mm. And we're excited to see where that is. Mm. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, we bless him. Mm. Father, we also, we bless Renew. We bless this place that, that, um, that we are part of. And we ask that you would shield it, God. You would shield it. Uh, by your Holy Spirit, that you would knit us together, that you would bring us into a holy unity that is reflective of what your Holy Spirit is doing in this place, and that we would walk these days out, these months out, and the years ahead out in, in a way that honors you and honors Jesus and gives place to your Holy Spirit in this place, and whatever you want to do as you dwell among us. Mm -hmm. So God, we say yes and amen mm -hmm. with a mixture of emotions. We say yes and amen. Mm -hmm. We believe this is from you, mm -hmm. and we say yes and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.